How do we relate to God then? And how might that impact our stewardship of our talents, our blessings, and giving to God's work through the church? St. Peter's United Church of Christ has got talents. Are we... Hi, and welcome to this Stewardship Sermon number 2 edition of The Red-Headed Preacher. This Sunday is November 15th, the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, and the sermon is a Stewardship Sermon. Last week's was, but in a different kind of way. This one um, is based on Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30 which is the parable of the talents, but our lector, Peter Svensson, will also read Psalm 123 and 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 11. The sermon title is St. Peter's UCC Has Talents. And uh, so it's really aimed to some extent at our local church, uh, but I hope that anyone in a community of faith can find some energy and inspiration uh, and encouragement in this message. So let's go with our 24th Sunday after Pentecost, and we'll lead off with our lector, Peter Svensson. The first reading is Psalm 123. To you I lift up my eyes. O you who are enthroned in the heavens, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God, until he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than its fill of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. This ends the reading of Psalm 123. Our epistle lesson is from 1 Thessalonians, one of Paul's early letters, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. He writes about being ready for the end and how God wants us to share in the salvation God has prepared. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. 
For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. This ends the reading of the epistle. Our gospel reading this morning is Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus has just finished the parable of the ten bridesmaids, saying, The kingdom of heaven will be like this, and then tells this parable right afterward. On this November Sunday, when the church thinks and talks about stewardship, this is a great parable to bear in mind. Jesus said, For it is, if, for it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, <clears throat> reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. <clears throat> but his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, <clears throat> and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to, for to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. 
As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here ends the reading of Matthew and the scriptures for today's service. Thanks be to God for this, the word of the God of life, for the life of the people of God. America's Got Talent is a TV show that first aired in 2006, created in part by Simon Cowell. It has aired 373 episodes. I have not watched any of them. But unless I miss my guess, this celebration of talent discovery and the support of people who helped make those talents shine is pretty much focused on those talented individuals and the judges. Look at him. Listen to her voice. Now, as you look at the sermon title, please do not think that I am suggesting members or friends of our church audition for the next season. But in this scary time, in stewardship season, and when hearing a parable that has its edge of judgment, I want to remind all of you that even if you or I cannot dance, juggle, sing, or play an instrument, we do have talents. This church has talents. And unlike the natural character of that TV show, what we do with our talents is not to shine the light on us. Living in COVID restrictions and some in real economic hardship with limited options for a lot of things, we know it's not hard to get down in the dumps. It has gotten serious for some persons and families. Not only is this a time for where we need some renewed faith and the peace that comes from that, it's a time to hear this parable and remember that we have been given talents by our maker. Think about this. Our story has this vastly wealthy slave owner and probably landowner prepare for a journey while trusting three of the servants with loads of money. One talent was worth more than 15 years' wages of a laborer, and some have said it's closer to 20 years' worth. So if you're servant number one, five talents, you've been entrusted with what is equal to 75 years' worth of income. Number two is about a full working career with two talents, and even number three, who, according to his ability, gets 15 to 20 years worth of pay to be in charge of the household until the householder returns, or to be in charge of the talent until the householder returns. Now, this is grace for these servants. One commentator, quote, sees the money entrusted to the servants as amazing, a reckless unearned, unheard of trust. The first two responded with daring, courageously doubling both the principle of the bequest and the principle behind it. The worthless slave did not understand what he'd been given. End quote. And Doug Hare wrote, the immensity of the sum is intended to remind us of the preciousness of the gifts that God has entrusted to our care. 
Even the one with the least ability is given a significant responsibility, an honor for which he should be grateful. Well, right away, the parable reminds you and me, and disciples everywhere, that God has put us in charge of tremendous stuff, which we later get to return to God, and hopefully for the better. God is giving us much good to take care of to make holy use of, and to grow. We understand that in this difficult economy, when we have a gift from God entrusted to us, it might not be financial, even if generous management of our resources leads us to use it in service to Christ through strengthening the church community. God's trusting grace is at work by us having the talents that God has bestowed upon us. It all starts with grace. St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie has talents. Now the third servant did not respond with that daring activity. Indeed, he did what admittedly was a common thing back then. He buried the money in the ground to protect it and to preserve it. When confronted about this, He said he was afraid of the way his head honcho acted, and evidently was afraid then to fail and be punished. I've given a little thought to the servant's state of mind. Hmm, I'm getting the least amount, so if they're handed out to each according to his ability, he must not think much of me. That can feed into someone's inhibitions, inferiority complex, or lack of self-esteem. He could be playing also the horrible game of comparing himself and his abilities to the first two servants and end up depressed and frozen. It is speculation, however, and does not really come into play, as best we can tell. I knew you to be a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, so I was afraid. The rich man did not react, though, to the slave's fear defense, but instead called him wicked and lazy. It is good for you, me, and or our church to face our fears when it comes to managing, spending, and being daring with the gifts gifts from God we have. Is there a real fear of God? and God's judgment in this? Or is it the understandable fear of being too generous and burning out? Or of being too too much so and then ended up getting, getting mad at God and the church? Or not having enough health or money for retirement? Is our fear grounded in somehow not trusting the God who has lovingly trusted us? Do you and I sometimes fail to perceive that despite all our own hard work and sacrifices, ultimately God is the source of all our blessings and all we have? I still remember Dr. Brian Moran, one of my two brachytherapy surgeons, when he found out I was a minister saying, that's good. He said, without God, I wouldn't be anything. It has been suggested that this third servant's fear 
was based on his misunderstanding, his overlord. If his view of the rich man was negative, so that he did not sense love and faith when he received the talent, but instead got angry or felt being put on the spot and only saw him as a bullying thief who took the produce of others' farms. In his dialogue with the householder, he blamed him for his fearful inaction. The way he addressed him shows he had no love for this man. His actions not only reveal fear, but also that he's interested most in himself and his security, not in service to the one who graced him with a great talent to do good with. His antipathy towards the master is unique vis-a-vis the first two servants. How do we relate to God then? And how might that impact our stewardship of our talents, our blessings, and giving to God's work through the church? St. Peter's United Church of Christ has got talents. Are we experiencing these as a burden or as something from a loving God whom we love in return? Well, when I think of some of the sacrificial work being done here, and the sacrifices are often of time, when I think of some of the sacrificial work being done here, such as making the rummage sale happen, the almost daily work done behind the scenes of, by members of the Cemetery Association, the labors of our church officers and board members over the phone, over email, on site here and over Zoom, the time and talent put to use in creating our services, editing and uploading them, persons praying daily for this church, persons sending checks or using electronic giving, persons making masks, knitting hats, making phone calls to keep people connected, helping this building last, keeping records, and on and on. Although there are times of human fatigue and joy when a task is completed, I do not get the feeling the work done with St. Peter's talents is done as a burden. There is a love for the community and for Christ, which animates what we do, even when we do not always feel it. Let's go back a second and take the time again to rejoice in the many gifts God has given and still provides for St. Peter's United Church of Christ. And yet, as blessed as we are. For the talents to double, as the first two slaves were able to do with their talents, it seems that you and I need to consider the factor of risk-taking as part of success. The third servant took zero risks, and look where he ended up. Inspired by a love for God and appreciation for the opportunities, we will want to please God by using what we've been lent. There are times we will be and have been called to take risks for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the church, and for the sake of God's work beyond us in the world. Taking risks for peace and an end to violence and systemic racism and all sorts of things 
We sometimes even lay bodies on the line. We're using a gift from God for good. It may be risky for those who are able, for example, to write four-figure checks on some kind of basis, which together, all together, with all the resources we receive financially and otherwise, it may be risky, but these all together can enable us to expand our capabilities in worship and outreach and mission. It may be risky for somebody else to give up a weeknight once in a while to be part of, say, the Micah 6-8 committee, which is seeking ways for us to do what the Lord requires of us, to do justice, love, kindness, and walk humbly with our God. It may be risky and sacrificial for someone with hidden musical gifts to practice them up, which takes time and effort, coordinate with Ben, and contribute to the breadth of our music in worship. Something I found inspirational in a devotional I use is this thought. Quote, As you look back over your life, it is not too, diff it is not too difficult to believe that what you went through was for a purpose, to prepare you for some valuable work in your life. Everything in your life may well have been planned by God to make you of some use in the world. God has let me live for this. This is my opportunity and my destiny. End quote. These could be the moments that our lives have been preparing us for, including serving God by taking sacred risks in service to God, God's church community, and the human family in Professor Bruner quotes a scholar named Marguerite in addressing how disciples watch for the Lord's coming, how it's seen in their working their talents. Marguerite says, quote, It is an active engagement that mobilizes the believer in the invitation to risky initiatives, even as receiving the talents precedes any work done with them. Michelangelo once said, The greatest risk to man is not that he aims too high and misses, but that he aims too low and hits. John Shedd of the 20th century said, A ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. During COVID, though, we may disagree about the wisdom of taking the risk and leaving that harbor of home, at least not without a mask. Initiatives, work, even the wise, faithful risks show up as good, compassionate stewardship, inspired by our love for Christ. Christ, who, along with the Holy Spirit, has made sure St. Peter's UCC's got talents. Earlier, I asked us to reflect on our views of God as we receive these talents. Did we somehow see or experience them as sacred trusts from grace, something to be excited about, or rather as something inspiring anger or fear or a burden? Well, now it seems helpful for you and me to ponder where we are in relation to trying to multiply our gifts by initiative and risk, as well as working the gifts. 
You know, creativity is not always welcome, after all. Not all new ideas are good, nor is change necessarily good in and of itself. But are we comfortable realizing that one who stands still is losing ground just by others walking past her or him? Doing nothing forward bound just to keep up is in that sense going backwards. Us asking ourselves then where we are in relationship or in relation to considering any risky initiatives which may be faithful, visionary, and wise, or maybe not, is needful for us to be honest. Asking ourselves is needful for us to be honest in our following Jesus. Receiving talents from our Lord is a chance to see God as a graceful giver who trusts us with the magnanimous gifts we are lent. All we do comes back to God one day, and being fruitful with them pleases our God. Some of you will remember Irma Bombeck. She wrote, When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left, and I could say, I used everything you gave me. St. Peter's UCC's got talents. Those who follow the Holy Spirit's guiding to thankfully receive these trusts and work them for serving others, if not also providing for their households, often not knowing if they are really doing any good. Am I making a difference? I don't know. That's where faith comes in. They can still experience the joy that is deeper than happiness or emotions. There is a joy from within, from Jesus, that visits those servants who remember they were chosen to help God do God's work and given gifts with which to do that. There is joy in serving God, even when there are risks, intimidating initiatives, changes not everybody likes, writing a bigger check than you ever expected, because joy is the presence of God. Joy is the presence of God. God is with us when we use and share our talents. That's why we were given them to use them and to share them. I hope you believe me that we do not have to wait for the end to get a foretaste of this. Well done, good and trustworthy servants. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this Sunday's message. And next week, which will be for Sunday, November 22nd. In our church's tradition, it's not the reign of Christ or Christ the King Sunday, but it's our Totenfest Sunday. That's when we remember <clears throat> those members of our congregation or those really closely connected to it who have died physically since our last Totenfest. This year, so far, there's one more week to go, there's only been one member who has died, uh, but we also will be lighting some candles for those who uh, email in, 
before we record uh, per their requests for names to be mentioned and candles lit. It is also when we will mark the day of remembrance for those who are transgendered who have been killed, um, violently killed over the past year. The trans day of remembrance will also be mentioned, at least in the pastoral prayer. And so I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, once more, I hope this has been a blessing to you. If it has, and if you have enjoyed the redheaded preacher messages, please let other people know about it. And um, we hope to, we hope you hear from us uh, the next time. May God bless your week and be careful. Be safe. Be healthy. Bye.